0: Show oh. and a podcast where we attempt to keep up with Lorelai. And- <laughs> ah, <can't> <laughs> so uh, close. I tried. Okay, we're a podcast where we attempt to keep up with Lorelei and Rory's pop culture references, and I don't know how to be scary, and I can say that I do because I wasn't tested just now. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So this is Kyla, and this is. Kyla. You are Kyla. <laughs> and I am Taylor. And we are still working on intros on we episode are. 14. So, welcome. Welcome. To our spooky episode. Uh, yes, our special Halloween edition. Woo. Coming out in the summer. Perfect. Everyone loves Halloween. I hear it's a lot of people's favorite holiday, which I don't fully get because it's not mine, but mm-hmm. I do like having an excuse to do a costume party. Yeah, that's fun. Yes. You're good at parties, though. You have, like, Oscar parties and... (laughs) Theme parties are my jam that I've never been invited to, by the way. Well, mm, it's more a location issue than a, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, (laughs) so more than a you're not cool enough (laughs) issue. Not at all. It's more of a you live a few miles down the road. yeah. So, <laughs> yes, but I do have an Oscar party every year with Oscar themed snacks. I love it. You had Leonardo DiCaprio ones for when he finally won, right? Yes, we had Leonardo DiCaprio sons. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to think what else we had this year. We had. Um, oh! My friend brought fantastic cheeses and where to find them, <laughs> so she had a cheese plate uh, with little flags from tons of different countries, because representing all the different places you could find these cheeses. That's I was funny. pretty impressed. That is impressive. So That yeah. was a great movie. I saw that twice in theater. And I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, mm-hmm. but I mean, I like them, but I really liked Fantastic Beasts. I liked it, didn't love it. Okay, so I and I do love the Harry Potter series. I thought it I thought it was weirdly darker than Harry Potter really
1: yeah, oh well, yeah, I guess it's with the- hard okay. to get
0: into it without spoilers, but yeah. I didn't like how some characters I didn't like the treatment they got gotcha. Oh well, I just remember uh saw Fantastic Beasts in theater the next weekend we saw um, Doctor Strange. Oh, I still have to see that. Okay, well, and I realized during Doctor Strange, I was checking my watch. Mm. I was checking the time. And Never I was good. like, oof, we have a ways to go. But Fantastic Beasts, I did not do that, I was so entertained. So then I went back and I watched that with someone else. Nice. <laughs> nice. The mark of a better movie. Yes. Not a scary movie, though. Not well, I guess scary a little, but not scary like... House of Horrors! (laughs) I know the title on this, guys. You must be thinking that we were scared out of our minds. And we will let you know if that was true. If we were really themed, we would have worn Halloween costumes. We can say that we are. Yeah, nobody will know! I'll be Girl Who's Gonna Go Swimming Soon. Mm, and I will be girl drinking nutmeg coffee. <gasps> yeah, so we finally tried the recipe from last episode, and we like. It yeah. just has a little hint of something, it's not... It adds, yeah, pattern. it's got a little vanilla, a little cinnamon, a little nutmeg. We had to get a little creative because we didn't have cinnamon sticks, so we put... Powder. Just, yeah, cinnamon, ground cinnamon in our, the coffee maker. Yeah. So. Anyway. I even chopped up nutmeg. I think we'll probably put the photos out there for you to see. You mean chopped up vanilla bean. Oh, chopped up vanilla bean. (laughs) So, yes, you can find the recipe on our Tumblr. So, it is tried and approved. Mm Mm-hmm. Check. Boop, boop. But now we have a new episode to get into. Yes, we do. And what's this episode called? Well, the episode of Gilmore Girls that we're talking about is Concert Interruptus from Season 1. And the plot summary from IMDb is, Lorelai gives Rory, Paris, Madeline, and Louise tickets to a Bengals concert, Mm. but the evening doesn't quite go as planned. (laughs) (laughs) So, in this episode, Rory has a new project at school. They have to do a debate, I think, if I remember correctly, on whether... It's about King Charles and whether he should have been executed or was oh. wrongly imprisoned or I don't something. Remember at all. Well, clearly it didn't leave that much of an impression. <laughs> so, and it's Paris, Rory, Madeline, and Louise who, of course, get paired up, the four of them, to course. lead their team in the debate. And Paris is like, I'm going to lead the debate. And. Uh, they have to get together and prep, and of course Madeline and Louise are not nearly as interested in no. that. I think they crack me up, but I they would drive me crazy in yeah, real life. Little Rosenkrantz and Gildenstein, Yeah, or Guildenstern. <laughs> Guildenstern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then they don't have a place to study and prep together, and I think Paris' house is getting redecorated, and... I always get, which one is Madeline and which one is Louise? I think Madeline has dark hair. No, 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 no. Louise has dark hair. Okay. Madeline is the blonde one. Okay, well then they look to Madeline to see, like, can we go to your house? And she goes, my dad's having an affair. (laughs) Okay, I guess we're not going there. So they end up going to their house in Stars Hollow, Mm -hmm. and Lorelai has decided to run a what is this a charity drive like a it, rummage sale yeah. everyone bring your stuff we'll sell it together mm-hmm. so everybody's bringing all sorts of crazy stuff to their house and it's all over and then when madeline louise and paris show up to the house this is what Lorelai says when she greets them hey everybody this is my mom lorelei this is louise madeline and paris oh very good girl group names Okay, so, um, sorry about the House of Horrors here. Some crazy lady volunteered to lead this charity thing, and we're trying to get her some help, so make yourselves comfortable. Rory, just yell when you guys want pizza. Okay. Okay. After the show, they just, Suki had just found some Bengals tickets that she was going to take Rory and Lane and Lorelai with her to the concert with. With her, Suki. <laughs> but Lane, of course, her mom wouldn't let her go. And so they decide to give the tickets to the four study group girls. Which, they, that was a little too generous. I, uh. I mean, it was worth a shot, but they just didn't... I don't think Lorelai realized how annoying Madeline and Louise could be. Yeah. Because Madeline and Louise leave in the middle of the concert to go to some boy's apartment that they meet... Mm-hmm. at the concert and that's no good. Lorelei hunts them down in the apartment but Paris ends the night saying I think this is the best night of my life. <laughs> and what made her say that? I think just she got to go to a concert that she liked. I know she, it sounds like she'd never been to a concert. Mm-hmm. She got to hang out with Rory who was being a good friend to her and she kept saying like I'm not sure my mom would come looking for me. Oh, And yeah. so she got to hang out with Lorelai, too. hmm Of course it's the best night of her life. That yeah. would be anyone's best night of their mm-hmm. life, hanging out with Lori and Rory. Lori yeah. L- I know, I just said Lori, like, yeah. you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That is a mixture yes. of their names, Lorelai and Rory. You yes. can call them that, Lori. Lori. such a couple name. No. it's just, like, a pretty plain name. Lori. Yes. You know. Well, yeah, it doesn't convey that it's two people yeah. easily. Like, like, Bennifer. Or... Tyla or Kalor, oh for us? <laughs> yeah, uh, I've never heard of a podcasting couple name, but we, we could, could start that we could we could what do you think Tyla or Kalor um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe the first one, Tyla, okay, yeah perfect. or bala Nero. I don't know. That's my block. Yeah, that. Do you ever? Work as well? Do you ever um, watch Key and Peele? No. So there's a funny skit where they say someone's name is Blake and they say it wrong, uh, block Balake. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and side note, Lorelai gets Luke's old flame's Rachel's jacket mm. at the rummage sale and he flips out. Yeah. And she ends up giving it back to him. Yes. So. Introduction of Rachel. Which, by the way, when that happened, I thought, this is kind of random that we're bringing up a previous girlfriend of Luke's. It's Mm. just because it was the first time we'd ever gotten into his love life. Mm -hmm. And also, I didn't think we would ever see Rachel. I thought that was just to... Show that, oh, it was, you know, he had been hurt in the past and seen Lorelai with that mm-hmm. didn't suit him well, but I didn't know she'd actually enter the show, but yes we get into that later. Oh, we do. We do. But House of Horrors, when you heard the clip, did you know what Lorelei was talking about? No. I figured it could be a vague idea of this is a house and there are horrifying rummage sale things in there. <laughs> but that's all about all I knew. Yeah, I kind of figured it was maybe, it sounded like, well, a horror movie, of course, because House of Horrors in the title, but I, yeah, I didn't know what it was. I just thought, oh, her house is messy, House of Horrors, a bunch of dead bodies on the ground, like, I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something was messy in this place. Yes, there have been many bodies that have worn all those clothes that it's true. were in there, but that's about it. Yeah. So we decided to try and figure out exactly which House of Horrors this is. And we're going to tell you now, there are a number of options. Mm-hmm. If you search the term House of Horrors on the internet, on IMDb, on Turner Classic Movies website, you will get a lot of options. Yep. So we picked the one that we think based on... The other kinds of movies and TV shows that Lorelai and Rory reference often, or Lori, they (laughs) often reference that we think is likely, but there are other out there, and with the context of the quote and the clip, we think made sense. Yeah. So, but just so you know, here are some other movies and TV shows that are out there. Okay, there is one as early as 1929, House of Horror, which is an one hour horror movie we also have a 1943 dr terror's house of horrors which is a horror movie (laughs) and then we also have a 1965 dr terror's house of horrors which fun fact stars christopher lee and donald sutherland Mm -hmm. and peter cushing which is a name that rings a bell but i could not tell you what he's been in But the movie that we decided to focus on was 1946's House of Horrors, which is the exact quote instead of House of Horror singular, Mm -hmm. and is about a house with, well, maybe we should get into that plot. Yeah. We watched the movie together, which we're not usually able to do, so that was fun. Yes. And I kind of thought that we should have recorded us watching it, but it would be so long. It would be, well, I guess it would be an hour. An and, hour of a commentary track. <laughs> yeah, and so we didn't want all that, but just some of our reactions to it. But we will—we didn't talk about it afterwards, so we're saving that for now. So we haven't yes. heard each other's full thoughts on it. Although, Kyla, you heard me do a lot of like... <laughs> Like noises "Uh." (laughs) And you heard me question a lot. (laughs) Yes. We did make some commentary during the movie. Yes. We didn't haven't really had a full discussion discussion. about it yet. That's what this is for. Yeah. Um, but House of Horrors. It is about the art community in New York City in I assume the forties when it was filmed. In which there are only about three artists (laughs) that are worth writing about in the art section of whatever local paper this is. And there are three art critics who are (laughs) featured, and only... I think there are more art critics than artists featured. Yeah, we only really see two artists, Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, and three art critics who decide to come and talk to them constantly. So, anyways, it had some of the traditional... 1940s feel, you know, Mm -hmm. getting the story. See, but (laughs) but then you also had this other character, a little more eccentric artist who was a sculptor Uh named what was his name, Marcel. Marcel the Shell, not Marcel the Shell. (laughs) Marcel the Shell is sweet and cute. Mm -hmm. This guy is not so sweet. So he finds. A, who he calls the perfect Neanderthal, and we'll get more into that in yeah. a bit, and why that maybe isn't the nicest thing. And he finds him washed up in a river, takes him in, gives him food, befriends him, and this guy turns out to be a murderer who has been yeah. going around town. He's known for snapping people's spines. <laughs> yes, which, well, I think, because when they would show it happened, they'd just show the shadow, and you just see, like, him... Pushing them backward? Like, Uh I think he literally broke them in half. Well, and that's kind of what's not clear. Like, you'd think you'd want to, not to get too into the mind of a fake serial killer, but, like, (laughs) wouldn't it be easier to break their neck as opposed to at their pelvic? I think so, and the way he holds them, you think he's gonna choke them, but he doesn't. He just kind of he just grabs them him by wood. the shoulders. Yeah, and kind of shakes him. Yeah, which actually, I'll get into some of the censoring in this movie in mm. a little bit. Maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. So anyways, he's been going around snapping people's spines, which just sounds ridiculous. That's exactly the way <laughs> they, they say your it. You got spine snapped. Yeah. <laughs> have you have been snapped. Yeah. Because I feel like most people would just say he broke their neck. Yeah. Or he... He broke their back. Yeah, exactly. It's just a weird way to say but it. But remember in Men in Black, the first one, they find that restaurant worker, that waiter broken in half. In oh, I need you can You've see, never seen Men in Black? No, I need to. Have you ever seen Jumanji? Actually, yes, those, are I, my, okay, one, those are my two I loved movies. Jumanji as a kid. Okay. But actually I think I saw part of Men in Black in my Spanish class in high school. I think <laughs> the teacher was trying To Kill Time, (laughs) and we watched Men in Black in English with Spanish subtitles. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. Because mostly he wasn't a great teacher. Yeah. I had some of those high school teachers. I had a lot of memories in that class, but none of them were. Of learning? (laughs) Yeah. Mostly of people goofing off. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the bad guy in Men in Black snaps a guy in half. Oh, gotcha. So, I, I don't know, maybe they got it from this. But they call him the creeper. He's been in the newspaper. Hey, they, what about he's... Jumanji? Oh, well, I just watched both those movies a lot growing up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my childhood friend, Carmen. We would watch either Men in Black or Jumanji every sleepover. Uh, Jumanji and we had a lot of sleepovers. Yes. I love Jumanji. So good. But, anyways, so he's known as the creeper around town. They thought he was dead, but they never found his body, because this artist fished him out, and he said that he was the perfect Neanderthal, and he was going to make sculpt a him. sculpture out of, from his likeness. Make yes. a sculpture in his likeness. So, he starts working on that, and... Well, and he finds him Mm -hmm. right after he's about to make this huge sale on his art. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Henry Moore, if you ever saw the mother and child. But it's a little more gruesome, a A little more more Picasso, like with distorted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is about to make this huge sale, and then this local paper's art critic comes with the person who's gonna buy it and he's like this is trash don't buy this i've saved you from buying this trashy piece of art when you're trying to start your art collection you it's have more trite. money than art taste <laughs> and the yeah. sale by the way was going to be for a thousand dollars which a sculpture nowadays goes for a lot more than a thousand dollars although a thousand dollars was worth well than. yes yes so art critic comes in he's pretty distraught he destroys the sculpture Mm-hmm. Like, Dude, you could've... Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Because it was the guy who was making you feel that way, not the sculpture. But don't worry, he takes care of the art critic too, because he tricks the creeper into killing. I don't know if tricks so much as he casually mentions where the art critic happens to live, <laughs> and next thing you know, the creeper is going to his... Well, I guess it's his office. Mm-hmm. He tells him where he works, and he goes to the office and while he's on his typewriter in his office, oh he does not hear the creeper come in. This giant man. I mean, he is... How tall is he? I mean... Over six feet, for yeah. sure. Like, and quite... A, almost seven foot, I would say. Yeah. And he comes in and strangles him, and you just see the keys come off the typewriter. His hands come off. He said the keys? Yeah. Oh, yes. His hands come off the keys of the typewriter. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a really goofy shot. We'll put it on our Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Um, and Twitter, I think, is worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop the presses. So then he just keeps on mentioning, uh, he mentions another art critic, and, you know, lots of this now police officers on the hunt. And... and the world's worst police officer. Yes. Oh, he is the worst. He, he I, like, he's asking a girl out while he's interviewing yes. someone else, and he comes in, and... You did it, and oh, you have this alibi, oh, I guess I'll just be going. And Yeah, he doesn't really... It's very unclear who he chooses to believe and why, and his questions are very leading. Like, well, you had... Because there's this other artist that the first art critic was about to write a bad review for. Mm-hmm. That's what he was typing on his typewriter. And then he gets killed while he's writing the reviews, So the police officer thinks maybe this other artist had the motive to kill him because he wouldn't want this bad review published of his art. Mm -hmm. But the police officer's like, well, yeah, you had a good motive, didn't you? Yeah, you could've, yeah, see, you could've (laughs) snuck into his office and done this, and yeah, see? So, (laughs) yeah, he's not a good police officer. No, no. But it's not really about him. And see, we have some of those characters, we have, like, the quintessential, like, 40s woman with her suit and skirt and mm-hmm. hat. And and you had those characters. And they seemed like what you see in all the movies. But then you had Marcel and the Creeper. Mm-hmm. And they were just very different from the rest. They mm-hmm. stood out. And so the classic 40s woman... Gosh, what is her name again in this? She's so... I don't remember. She is so... um How you say... Like every other woman in a forties movie that mm-hmm. she's not super memorable in that sense. Let me find her name. Joan I do believe. hmm Let me see. Or is it Stella? Stella. <laughs> uh Oh no, Stella was the model. Yeah. That dies. Okay, so, Joan is her name, and Joan is another art critic. Another art critic! Woo! And she keeps going back and forth between Marcel's house, looking for a story, (laughs) and... Because how often is he going to finish a complete sculpture? (sighs) I I mean, she just is always coming. (laughs) And if she's not with him, she's with her boyfriend artist, the one who was about to get a bad review, Mr. Morrow. Mm Mm-hmm. So... She keeps going back and forth between those two places looking for a hot scoop <laughs> for to the put Sunday, on the Sunday paper art sections in her paper and <laughs> she gets a whiff of the fact that Marcel is working on a new sculpture and he won't show it to her, but he promises she'll be the first to see it and she is because she sneaks a peek under the sneaking curtain. Sneaking a peek. Yes, under the curtain and then she steals his sketch of the work and mm-hmm. she's going to run it in the paper and the creeper sees her do it and he's going she's going to put this picture of me in the paper because it's a sketch of him. Mhm. But she doesn't actually know it's the creeper even though yeah. they just ran a sketch of him. And the art department figures out it's the creeper. Yes, but she the reporter Looking for a hot scoop. Does not. <laughs> but she insists she doesn't read the crime section. So... <laughs> Wouldn't you think if there are murders happening nearby that her boyfriend and she, would he say, tends... Hey doll, watch out for the creeper. Here's his picture. <laughs> and he tends to be targeting young, attractive women. Yes. With blonde hair? More than one. Actually, yes. Two blondes. Well, and then it basically all escalates. Joan figures out what's going on, and Marcel is like, well, it's too late. The Creeper's going to kill you. But then the Creeper turns on Marcel because Joan gets Marcel to say, well, no one will ever know that I'm behind it mm-hmm. because they're going to blame it on the Creeper, and I will just say I had no idea who he was. And then the Creeper feels sad because he's betrayed and has no friends. So he kills Marcel. <laughs> and Marcel's cat that has been following him around this whole movie mm-hmm. is very sad and keeps trying to wake his master. Yeah. But if you ask me, Marcel had it coming. Yes, this is true. Yes. And then there's a little showdown with him and Joan and she... Basically, they just keep walking back and forth doing the whole, like, <laughs> which side of the bookcase are you going to come around on? Mm-hmm. A very long bookcase. Of course, the door is locked, so she can't get out. Yeah, but the horrible police officer finally gets a good shot and gets Mar- or gets the creeper. And Joan... Oh, yes! And the ending! <laughs> <laughs> this ending. Yes. Joe. Her boyfriend comes, because he... The other artist. Yes, because they're supposed to have a date that night. hmm And... They ride off together in a cab into Mm -hmm. the sunset. No, not really. It's night. And they're in the back of this cab together. And he asks about what her next story will be or if... Something like that. Something like that. And she's like, well, don't you think that maybe I... Don't want to write stories anymore. As in she wants to get married and sit at home and do nothing, apparently. Because that's what women did in the 40s. Yeah, I don't want to be an art critic anymore. Yeah, I maybe I don't want to be an art critic anymore. <laughs> Never me, darling. So, anyway. And it's fine if she doesn't want to be an art critic anymore. It just seems yeah, to just imply that's how they that did marriage it. and mm-hmm. doing anything else is mutually exclusive. Correct. Which, by the way, Kyla, you are married and you have a job, right? Yeah, I do work forty hours a week. Oh, and I have a podcast. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> yes. So thank goodness that is not how people are portrayed anymore. How women are portrayed. Yes, anymore. We've got things like. Well, for the most part. Probably. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> We've got things like twenty-seven dresses. She's a. She wants to get married, but she also has a career. <laughs> That's the first one that came into my that's head. That's so funny. I do love that movie, but I, um, I don't know if that's like the quintessential no. movie I would point to in this case. No, I think she she's it's a cute. She is a cute character though. Yes. How she changes and, mm-hmm. anyways, so that's what happens. Okay, so now we can have we can share some opinions on this because <laughs> I want to talk about the first murder. Yes, he is in Marcel's house. And he was just posing for for his bust, mm-hmm. but Marcel is, I don't know, making some bread. They just, like, eat bread with salt on it. Oh, yeah, because he doesn't have a lot of money. Yeah, his $3 <laughs> bought their meals for the week. Oh, and that $3 he pulled out of the creeper's pockets when he pulled oh, them out of the river. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so, good thing he found the creeper. <laughs> really <laughs> helped them. And then this woman walks by, just, like, outside the window. Mm-hmm, and he just gets up. And leaves, and follows her, and then snaps her spine. Well, let me tell you something about this actress, too. Okay. This character, in the credits, is listed as Lady of the Street. (laughs) Oh, so she's supposed to be a prostitute? Yes, played by Virginia Christine. And (laughs) this is from Turner Classic Movies. The Breen Office, which is the arm of Hollywood that made sure that everything followed the moral code that you could not break. <laughs> this is from, <laughs> let me just read this. The producers were also cautioned that the creeper could not be depicted as leering at the female victims with sexual desire. Oh Most my. absurd of all was the Breen office's warning that a flashily dressed blonde in one scene set on the dank waterfront could in no way suggest a prostitute. Oh, that's so funny, but she is one. Well, and that's the thing, when we watched the movie, I had no idea that's what she was supposed no. to be. I just thought she was walking somewhere yeah, <laughs> like to then, her home. Yeah, So, and then he just stops her on the street and shakes her. <laughs> and, and then, then he next goes thing to you know. the shadow, yeah, and then she's yeah. dead. And then they're investigating that murder. And here's one thing I thought was interesting was, they're, kind of, they're investigating that murder. Like, could it be the creeper? But no, he's dead. See? Oh, but when they drained the river, they didn't find his body. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot stop doing these voices. <laughs> I love them. And so they're investigating that. But then after the first art critic dies, they completely forget about this woman. And it's all about figuring out who killed the art critic. Yeah. Well, and then he kills one of the models working for... Mm-hmm. The Morrow artist who's dating the f- Joan, mm-hmm. the female art critic. And then, who else does he kill? I think there's at least one other person, right? He kills the other art critic, the third um, yeah. one. Yeah, He kills the third art critic. So he, they just kind of ignore the other murders and just focus on the first art critic. Because yeah. the third art critic, at when he dies, everything gets moving and, you know, Joan yeah. goes over to Marcel's and all that happens. So... Yes. If you're a little confused following this movie, it's kind of complicated for a one-hour film. Yeah. a lot of moving parts. It's just because there are three art critics to keep track of. And when you're watching the movie, of course, you can see them, Mm -hmm. where it's a little more difficult to describe just hearing. But everybody's either an artist or an art critic, pretty much. And... Why are there three art critics and only two artists? <laughs> like, and even they tease And this Mar- is New York City. Yes. How many artists... How many artists are there in uh-huh. New York City? I know this is the 40s, but I'm pretty sure there have been more Few than more. two artists up there at all times. Yeah. And they even say that Marcel is kind of a joke in the community. Yeah. And yet they're focusing so much on him. They keep... She keeps going back to his house. Mm. Did you feel sorry for Marcel? I think I felt bad for him when they didn't want to buy his work and then he turned out to be a psychopath. So, no. No. I did feel bad for him because things just weren't going his way and he had, like, this easy opportunity to take care of his opposition. He didn't even have to do anything. So, I betcha he... I don't know. I could see how he would just kind of feel like He's not actually doing anything, because he doesn't see the bodies. He just stays in his house and sculpts. Uh-huh. I don't know. Stays in his main living room with all the sculptures Yeah, everywhere. I just feel like he didn't have much of a life. Not no. that that's an excuse to kill people, but I... <laughs> I, <laughs> I would hope not. No, but, like, I just... I, I did feel for him. I mean, more in the beginning. But... I think he just turned out quickly to be a psychopath, and I thought, I don't want to be friends with you. No. Poor Creeper. Yes. Oh, are you talking about the Creeper? No, I said poor Creeper because he's friends oh. with Marcel. I see. Yes. Well, I would say he wasn't a good friend of the Creeper. No. And the Creeper's a serial killer. Why did the Creeper latch on to Marcel as his friend so quickly and do his bidding? Because I think nobody wanted to be his friend. But did he want to be anyone's friend? If all he was doing was killing random people? I don't know. The motivation is unclear. I felt like the beginning of the plot was very rushed. I felt like a normal movie, there would Mm -hmm. have that extra setup of time Mm -hmm. in the beginning, and it just felt like it was really rushed. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of character development. No. There really wasn't any character development. No. They're pretty static. Yeah, except Marcel just starts having this guy kill people. Yeah. And that was the only change, and it was negative. Actually, (laughs) the creeper is probably the one that has the most change Mm, because he ends up killing Marcel in the end because he's frustrated that he lost a friend. Yeah. Hmm. So good. The character development of the creeper. (laughs) Which also, the posters for these we will also put up are pretty hysterical. Like, there are lightning oh, bolts goodness. coming out of the creeper's eyes in one of them? Yes. What else? Um, let's see. There are some, I mean, he's definitely shown in short, or er, short, I was trying to say shadows and horrors so at the same time. <laughs> he's definitely so, shown in shadows. Let's see. Ooh, I think at one point it was marketed as the sinister shadow. Yeah. It was also marketed as murder mansion at one point. <laughs> Ooh, actually, I like this. So on this poster, it's got the creeper's shadow. It says the sinister shadow. And there's a big question mark and it says, Who? And then in the bottom, there's a circle that says, A horror film suitable only for adults. (laughs) Or here's one the one with the lightning bolts coming out of his eyes monstrous murderer of artists, models. I can't... Is artists supposed to be possessive? Or is it artists artists and and models? models. And I love how he kills the model of the other artists. Um, He was doing a painting of her and she was posing Mm -hmm. for it. And she's depicted as, like, the blonde bombshell. Oh, no, save her. And like, (laughs) you don't even see Marcel in this. It's, like, all about her because she Mm -hmm. is pretty. Yes. Like, she's always featured when she is not... Like, she just stands there Mm -hmm. and flirts. And then here's another one. This one does have Marcel on it. But meet the Creeper. Universal (laughs) presents House of Horrors. Beautiful artists, models, and a beastly killer. This is another one. Yeah. Terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) They're like the classic horror movie posters. Yes. They are quite the trip. Mm Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I fu- I mean, the movie was funny to watch just for an hour. Yes. But, I mean, I was entertained. It was fun seeing an old horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. It was more fun, I think, just because of how over the top it was than anything. Good morning. I brought you some breakfast. Why? Because you must eat and get your strength back. You had a close call last night. Why are you good to me? Oh, I'm doing only what anybody would do for a man who was injured and almost drowned. You know who I am? I don't care who you are. I only know that I need you. Yeah, the style was interesting, too, because it was very film noir, lots Mm -hmm. of shadows. It was black and white, very, I will say, I didn't think it was super impressive filmmaking, but it was... There was definitely trademarks of style. And it wasn't yeah. sloppy. No. So... There was a lot of panning. I know we know this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they would, for some reason, they'd, like, pan the camera to show one character talking and then they pan back to the other side uh-huh. of the room. Yeah. But I did... I think The Sinister Shadow would have been a better title because they did use a lot of shadows. Every time he killed, it was in shadow. Mm-hmm. And the house... Was a house of horrors in that creepy people lived there, and he had a lot of creepy statues all over the place. But none of the killings happened in there, except for Marcel himself. And and the the creeper, I guess. Mm hmm Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I think Sinister Shadow would have been better. Yeah, that's a good point. That would have been a better title. And even better than- definitely better than Murder Mansion. Yeah, because it- how is it even a mansion if the guy had three dollars that he took from the creeper? It was a big house, but I yeah I don't know how he afforded it. Maybe he used to be a more successful one, maybe. but that's not really the implication. No, no, it's not. So entertaining for an evening, and yes. that's about it.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: I don't know if I would call this a must see, but it definitely had some entertainment value. I agree with that. Yes. <laughs> So there's not tons of research available, not tons of backstory available Mm -hmm. on this film because it was just an hour and not a huge cultural impact like something in the 1940s, like something that came out the same year. It's a Wonderful Life. What up? That Mm. movie actually reminded me a little bit of this one because he saves... Marcel is about to commit suicide because his art didn't sell, but then he sees the creeper drowning in the river and saves him. Much like George Bailey is about to Mm -hmm. jump and then he sees Clarence. (laughs) And And, saves him. Yes. And that is about the only connection. That plot moment. Everything else. It's Wonderful Life is a lot more happy. Oh yeah, it's depressing, but then it's happy. So, but Turner Classic Movies, my new favorite resource, (laughs) they had a little backstory on this and they were talking about how Much like today, where we have these huge franchises of different superheroes coming together, Mm -hmm. this was going to be a start of a new series about the Creeper. So, this is at the end of Universal's Golden Age of the horror film, and they were going to plan a bunch of movies with the same character. So, he gets shot at the end of the movie, Mm. but they say, take him to the hospital. So, I guess they leave it open. I forgot. Um... And then the person who played the Creeper, Rondo Hatton, or Hatton, depending on how you say it, unfortunately he died just before the release of this movie. So that plan never went through. Mm -hmm. But they had a whole bunch of horror movies, and this was going to be a whole new series they were going to do, and then they just didn't, didn't work out with that. And I think they were also starting to move into more the spoof horror series, like... Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, (laughs) and then people are going to be more into that kind, where they're spoofing the horror genre. Right. So that kind of actually... So the movie The Mummy that came out this weekend, the new Tom Mm, Cruise one, that's supposed to be spawning a whole new series of gods and monsters movies. And I think there's going to be a whole... There's supposed to be a whole series of crossovers, but I'm not sure it's doing too hot at the box office this weekend. By the time you hear this, you will know whether or not (laughs) this movie did well. But this weekend, I don't think it's doing so hot. And it's opening weekend, so that whole series may not pan out like planned. But it kind of reminded me of that. Mm. But, fun fact, this was not the Creeper's only movie, even though he died before the release of this one. The Mm -hmm. Creeper had been... In a Sherlock Holmes mystery movie called The Pearl of Death in 1944. And in movies The Jungle Captive from 1945 and The Spider Woman Strikes Back, 1946. (laughs) Um, holy cow, what a title, The Spider Woman Strikes Back. Yes, that sounds horrifying. Yeah. Like, I picture a huge spider, but it's probably just... Person? Metaphor? I don't, or I, I don't, don't know. know. I hate spiders. I don't want to watch it. I regret <laughs> arachnophobia ever being something I watched. I hate oh. them. I hate spiders. They are the worst living creatures known to man. And I saw two of them this week in a hotel room. Oh. Including one that was dangling from my shower head when I was in the shower, just like oh. an arachnophobia. <laughs> I've not seen that movie and I don't want don't to. Don't watch it. Okay. I threw a washcloth at it. And it killed it, I think. I hope. It should be dead. Sometimes you have to call housekeeping, so they bring you bug spray. (laughs) I love this. This is a true story. That is dedication to... (laughs) To sleep. I can't sleep if I know that (laughs) spider is on the ceiling watching me. So, side note, spiders are evil. Don't tolerate them. (laughs) Another fun fact from this Turner Classic Movies article... The actor who played Marcel, Martin Kosleck, said that he got tons of fan mail for this part. (laughs) And he enjoyed this part. And this is a fun story. He got the part because the producer gave him a script on his lunch break. And then he gave a completely memorized audition. Wow. And got the part immediately. Cool. There you go. I thought he was good in this part. Like, a little bit creepy, but believable. Mm Mm-hmm. And the New York Times, I found the review of this. They said that Marcel, he did a pretty good job. And this is a good quote from the New York Times review. All right. The moral appears to be that art critics had better be careful whom they criticize. Film critics, happily, were not mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That was great. And then, one other fun fact. So, we talked about how the Breen office prevented it from making it clear that this woman, Lady of the Streets, <laughs> was a prostitute. hmm Apparently, they had to really censor the violence in this movie, too. So, it says when it was first submitted under the title Murder Mansion to the Breen office, they had some objections. It said it prohibited the use of objectional artwork and ads or excessive gruesomeness in the film pertaining to the act of murder. So they could not have any gurgling sounds from the strangling victims. Oh my goodness. And that apparently contributes to why we never really saw them snapped. They we always saw their feet snapped from behind a wall or a cabinet Mm -hmm. or something or an alleyway Uh so that's why it's very unclear what's going on they were not allowed to let on what was happening but it's a horror movie now I'm curious about other movies of the time there was a lot of censoring I think until the 60s okay so interesting Taylor said was Rondo... I'm gonna say Hatton. Okay. Rondo Hatton. I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna die on that hill because I I don't know. Because I think he's from the U.S. and I feel like Hatton would be how I would pronounce it. Okay. So you'll see him. If you look at our Tumblr, you can see pictures of him or just Mm -hmm. Google him. And his face is very distorted. And when we first started watching the movie, we thought, oh, he has a lot of makeup on. Mm -hmm. That's goofy. And then we realized, wait, I don't think that's makeup. And so looked mm-hmm. him up, and it wasn't makeup. In high school, he starred in track and football, and he was designated handsomest boy in the class his senior year. Whoa. So this change in his face was due to Acromial- Migali Acromigali? I'm not sure how to say it. That's how I'm going to say it. Acromegaly and then I'll just stop saying it <laughs> that disease which develops later in life. So that the disfigurement of his face that came about as he after he was an adult. So he was actually let's see he did serve in World War I and some people thought that his face changed because he was exposed to mustard gas by mm. Germany and he quickly got cast into films um, because he was a journalist so he was writing and he interacted with some people in the film industry and they were like hey come on my movie and it sounded like he was a little reluctant to do it but uh but he did and got some minor roles and then the creeper which he was supposed to go on and have quite a few movies of but you know that didn't work out because of because he died but what the disease is is that which I had to look into this because I'm not a doctor, mm-hmm. but read enough that what I understand to be as it's an overproduction of a, of your growth hormone, but it can either lead to what he had, acromalogy, or it can lead to gigantism. Hmm. It just depends on when it happens. So his happened later in life after the growth plates have closed, and so it just led to, like, an enlarged brow, and his jaw growing, yeah. and his nose um, getting bigger. But gigantism is like Andre the Giant. So okay. he had an overproduction of the growth hormone, but it happened when he was a kid. And so that's why it was gigantism for him. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting that that, is, that was kind of the two options, and then both we have... People, characters, and movies from both sides of that, yeah, of that disease. And Andre the Giant, he was a wrestler, and he was in, most known for being in Princess Bride. Yes, he's um, great in that movie. Yes, and and we like I did notice in the movie that Rondo the Creeper, like the acting skills weren't great, and mm-hmm. that was because they cast him solely based on how he looked. Mm-hmm. And Andre the Giant, you could tell he was a little more used to being in the spotlight. At least in Princess Bride, yeah, you know he had. Kind of a little more spunk, but maybe that was mm-hmm. just his character, too. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, uh, it can lead to, yeah, your hands, feet, forehead, jaw, nose, all getting bigger. So you saw he had really big hands in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, thick skin, even deeper voice. That was why his voice was so deep, oh, was because okay. of that. Anyway, so that was why why he looked the way he did. Gotcha. Yeah, so, you know, this kind of, like, makes us think of the question of, is it really okay to cast someone as the creeper solely based on how they look and it's a look that is from a disease yeah and I guess I mean what's tricky is this was in the 40s so we don't have tons and tons of articles and Mm -hmm. research and interviews available to us from people like Rondo but I guess I would want to know too you know if this is his choice to be in it Mm -hmm. which I would hope there's at least some ownership of the decision (laughs) otherwise that wouldn't be legal he was a man so i have a better feeling about that <laughs> yeah so i um i mean i guess if that's what he wants to do and find a way to make money then that's fine i guess mm-hmm. but it does seem a little exploitive yeah. and not very kind to say the least i mean something like andre the giant i mean in princess bride that doesn't feel weird at all like yes he's right physical stature is part of his character, but it's not done in such a way to be critical of it, except from, I think, Martin, or not Martin Lawrence, Wallace Shawn. Why was I going to (laughs) say Martin Lawrence? Wallace Shawn's character, Vizzini, he says a lot of derogatory comments to him, but he says derogatory comments to everybody, and he's kind of a villain. Right. He's not a good guy. Whereas the people who are great people, like Buttercup and Wesley and (laughs) Inigo Montoya, they... (laughs) appreciate him for who he is and don't criticize him. Whereas this, you're calling someone with a disease. That is the official. It's not a, because I guess it's not a hereditary thing. Right. That you are a creeper. Right. Which is weird. Yeah. It feels weird. Yeah, and it makes me feel like, should I, I don't know, like it just makes me view my entertainment of the movie a little differently. But like you said, if that's what he wanted to do... And he was fine with it. I just hope, I guess mostly what I'm thinking of is how was he treated in his everyday life? Yeah. You know, how was he treated? And I and hope that he I was treated know. well. Yeah. But, you know, even today it's someone looks different, people stare, or people stare. I mean, it's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think also in Hollywood people, there's a much narrower scope of how you're expected to look to be mm-hmm. in a leading role. And I, I mean, we all definitely have our celebrity crushes of people that we think are attractive, that we like mm-hmm. to see in the movies. I think that's normal, but there's so many, if you don't look a certain way, it's hard to be in a leading role. Yeah. People, because that's just not what people expect. Mm-hmm. And I mean, typecasting, it's, that's what they've done forever. You know, they probably mm-hmm. usually say, we would like a... Like, a redheaded, well, like in La La Land, of course yeah. I like to mention that, as she's leaving her first audition, you see a bunch of other redheads in white button-ups, mm-hmm. because that's what they want for the part. Well, and to bring it back to Gilmore Girls, mm-hmm. so I just listened to the Lauren Graham interview on mm. the last episode of Gilmore Guys, oh, which, nice. side note... Great job guys. Really love the show. <laughs> and also how fun to have Lauren Graham on. Yes, and that was their last episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's too cool. Yeah. So they had her on and she was talking about how once people see you in a role, they like to call you for the same role. So even mm. if it's not a physical thing, like for her, she played a single mom, Lorelai on Gilmore Girls, and then she ended up playing a single mom on Parenthood. Right. And so people like to call people they already know can do the part because they've done something similar. And so now she's saying, like, okay, I've done the single mom thing, and I really loved it, but I'm kind of ready to do other stuff. Mm -hmm. But I tend to get the same kinds of offers over and over again. So that's true no matter physical appearance. But I think for people who don't look like the textbook movie star, it's probably even more limited, you'd think. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. it goes both with. Just the type of characters you played. Which, I mean, I feel like even Ryan Gosling and his quirky character on on uh, La La Land. Wait, Ryan Gosling, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we were and, watching it last night Yeah. kept saying Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so many Ryans. <laughs> like, he played a quirky guy, a quirky and love guy on The Notebook. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you see them. And, and I think that's okay. I don't know, I guess it depends on if the actor wants to play that role. Again, it's up to them and mm-hmm. what they feel is... Good for them. Like, a character actor like Peter Dinklage, I think he's in Game of Thrones, and the role I know him best from is Elf. He is the book publisher that Will Ferrell makes unintentionally insensitive comments to about him being a South Pole Elf. Oh my gosh. But that's a scene where I'm like, I think he knows exactly what he's doing, he has an Mm -hmm. ownership of his appearance, and this is a role that he gets to be really funny in. I mean, it's such a short scene, but it's so funny, but you're not laughing at him because of his appearance. (laughs) You're laughing at Will Ferrell. You're laughing at Will Ferrell and his naive, complete (laughs) cluelessness. And also the fact that Peter Dinklage is beating him up and bragging about how many plasma screen TVs he has in how many different homes. I didn't know you had elves working here boy you're you're hilarious my friend he doesn't uh, get get back to the story please uh... <clears throat> so on the cover above the title does santa know that you left the workshop you know we're all laughing our heads off did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here buddy go back to the basement hey jackweed i get more action in a week than you've had your entire life I've got houses in L.A., Paris, and Vail, oh. each one of them with a 70-inch plasma screen. So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. You feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time. He's an angry Elf. Typecasting, it's a real thing, but it's complicated. Yeah, I would go with that. And I don't know enough about it to know whether or not, you know... I don't know, to have, like, a firm opinion on it or... Because I'm not not being typecast, so I don't know what that feels like, I guess. Yeah. Well, and there are lots of other typecast things that get into stereotypes, too, Mm -hmm. of the, you know, the naggy wife. Like, in the 90s, there were tons of, like deborah on everybody loves raymond the wife on king of queens like there were a lot of sitcoms where it was kind of like the schlubby lazy guy married to a really beautiful naggy (laughs) woman and i i don't want to say that's It's just interesting when they get into trends, because if it's Mm -hmm. one time, it's just like, okay, that's just this piece of art. But when it becomes a trend, then you're going, okay, what does our culture believe about like men are completely lazy and that women are really annoying Mm -hmm. and it's like not great for either. No. When you see that over and over again, I mean, my goodness, Mm -hmm. that it shapes so much of what you think. Mm -hmm. We don't even realize that. Yeah. Typecasting. It's a thing and it's complicated. (laughs) (laughs) So Kyla... Now that we've talked a little bit about House of Horrors, how does this fit into the world of Gilmore Girls? I don't think that's 100% clear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, we've talked about this movie about the creeper killing art critics. Mm -hmm. And now it's these people come to Lorelai's house, which is messy, and she calls it the House of Horrors. So it doesn't, I don't think it's totally clear, but there are some little points that I think make sense in the Mm -hmm. reference so in part I think that this reference could be one where it's it's more based on the title of the work than what Mm -hmm. actually happened so house of horrors her house is really messy it looks like a tornado came through like it's more the chaos Mm -hmm. that they're going with um, but some of the things that I did think maybe went with it were, she has these new people come into her home, and they're rich, they're from a higher class, Ooh. and so they're coming in and judging her home, because she knows that they're not used to this kind of place, they're not used to this mess, they're not used to this small of a house, or this old of furniture, mm-hmm. and which Marcel, when people came into his house, he was judged So that was one connection, I thought. For sure. What about you? Well, I was thinking about how in Marcel's great room, living room, foyer, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It was just a really big room. I mean, there's art littered all over the place. (laughs) And it is everywhere. So much like that, there's tons of rummage sale stuff. At one point, Suki falls. Of course. And can't get out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of this big pile of rummage sale items. So there's that. And definitely the idea of wealthier people coming Mm -hmm. in to judge. Because they are definitely judging. Mm -hmm. And maybe also, much like the creeper thought he had a friend in Marcel... Mm-hmm. Rory and Lorelai were thinking, oh, maybe Madeline, Louise, and Paris are going to be some good friends at Chilton for Rory, because she's still getting acclimated and finding her people. Yeah. And then they turned out to backstab. Not exactly Street backstab, but just... Yeah, and... and they weren't really interested in being friends. They were mm-hmm. more interested in themselves and not thinking ahead. I, I don't think they... Well, Rory did say something along the lines of, like, hey you can't leave. My mom's going to be mad. Mm-hmm. They're like, we don't care. So they went anyway and got not Rory into huge trouble, but they did get her mom in a pickle in a weird situation where she's yeah. having to pound down the doors of an apartment building. Pound and down these kids that she doesn't even know. Yeah. But you feel responsible for because you're the parent in the situation. Yeah, and finding them at a party in an apartment with boys and alcohol and they're 16 so yeah yeah not true friends no not true friends so yeah some connection but overall saying my house of horrors it it's more like a name drop i think yeah i think anything. so she might just watch the movie and it was on her mind <laughs> yes but I could definitely see Lorelai and Rory watching this movie having a oh, great yeah. time, definitely. We're going to get into our next episode. We're going to talk about how they like to make commentary. Ooh. We're really excited to talk about yeah, the next episode. We really are, guys. <laughs> um, if you just look on your Netflix queue, you will see <laughs> exactly why what it is. Mm, you yes. don't. It won't even take you a second to figure yeah. it out. <laughs> so, but they love to make commentary during old movies and TV mm-hmm. shows, and I could totally see them watching this one and making fun of it. Yeah. Yes, I could. I think that yeah, it's totally believable that they watch this mm-hmm. together. So does it change the scene at all for you? Like, I mean, kind of no, because it doesn't, (laughs) because it's, it's not very fitting. Like, it doesn't fit it super well. It's just kind of a name drop, like you said. Not like some of the other ones we've talked about. Right, where it really clicks. Well, like the outsiders, you know, with Pony Mm. Boy. How could you understand what that means if you didn't? Watch the outsiders, you yeah. know. But if you've um, watched the outsiders, then you go, Oh, that's exactly, ex- yeah, perfect for that situation. Mm-hmm. So, this one, not so much, it's still just a messy house. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, I think about the same thing. It gives me a greater context for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, house of horrors is something that is a phrase people say. And this isn't the first instance of it, but I think it's something that maybe went into that, mm-hmm. I mean, into that cultural collective unconscious of things that happened in our past and now it influences what we say of House of mm. Horrors maybe, but yeah, not quite as on the nose or even something like, you know, you wanted to marry Errol Flynn, that tells us something about Emily. Right. Whereas this doesn't quite tell us as much about Lorelei and Rory. Yeah. Except they're like old classic horror films. This is true. So. That. Yes. Totally true. So totally new information there. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Why not? Uh... You don't learn very fast, Engine. How fast do you learn, Billy Jack? Fast enough. Billy, Billy Jack, Jack, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill, kill you if that's the I last thing I do. I do. Oh, he so jinxed you himself with that one. one yeah, he should have said, Billy Jack, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna kill you or buy myself a wall. lovely chenille sweater. Oh, no, yeah, either You'll way, he wins. <laughs> How many times have you seen this movie? Out I'm out of digits. You can't see a Billy Jack movie too many times. Who's the guy Billy Jack is engine. All right, two cats. Very slowly now. Let's do some jumping jacks. Spread out. One. Oh, it's the counting line. He means it, Daniel. Oh, here comes my favorite and my least favorite line, all rolled into one. I'm gonna gut your bowels out. Uh, Yuck. Three. Oh, come up in time. You guys talk throughout the whole movie, and then when I say something, you shush me. That's because you're talking through parts we talked through last time, so we haven't seen those parts in a while. Ah, well, now it's clear. Mm -hmm. So, Taylor, that's our show? That's our show! Woo! That was our House of Horrors. Woo! Spooky show! <laughs> you can listen to this again on Halloween. Please do. I think it'll hopefully really creep you out. Then. Yeah. The creeper will appear if you listen to this on October 31st. <laughs> Woo! Although, I heard... Stranger Things. Ooh, does it come out on the 31st? Yes. Oh, we haven't even talked about Stranger Things. Oh, wait. You know what? Okay, and speaking of that, Stranger Things, there are there is a small little awards. There's a Oh yeah, we forgot yeah. to mention this. There's a little award that gets handed out in for horror movies, it's called the Rondo Hatton Classic Horror Awards. It's given to the best in different categories uh, within the horror genre. And Stranger Things won last year for best horror TV show. Or so yeah, Stranger Things, October 31st, season two. I have no idea what they're gonna do, but I'm so I excited. Know, I'm so excited! Oh, I the, my cutie that. little character. What's his name?
1: Um, well, what do they call him?
0: Lucas, Will, Eleven.
1: No, Dustin? kid
0: with Dustin. What do they <laughs> call him? They call him Dustin. No, they have a nickname. Um, I don't remember him having a nickname. He's just so cute. He's a little he with the hat, right? the yeah. Curly hair. Hat yeah. Hat, curly hair, missing some teeth. Oh my gosh. Which apparently. Speaking of. Typecast, yeah, that's a real life thing, and they worked it into the script, which I think is really cool. Yeah, he had some, his teeth are coming in later, or something along those lines. Yeah, I forget exactly Mm -hmm. how it works, but yeah, so that one, yes, we're sorry, we butchered the story of what's going on with his teeth, but you can look into it, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's but it says these, and instead, and I think they cast him, and then they just worked into the script, yeah, what Mm -hmm. it is, and then his character has that, yeah, no biggie, so. Anyways, yes, yeah, so that fits. But yes, Stranger Things. Yay! So you can listen to this episode on October thirty-first in a few months and then watch Stranger Things. Yes, do that. Yeah. But let us know what you guys think and if you know any other house of horrors, because yeah. <laughs> there are a lot. What's your fave? But you can tweet at us at So It's a Show on mm-hmm. Twitter. Obviously, because you tweet on Twitter. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm at Kyla Katneu, K-Y-L-A-C-A-R-N-E-I-R-O. And I'm at tblake24, and you can tell us if you love Treehouse of Horror from The Simpsons. Yeah, there's another one <laughs> at so it's a show at gmail.com. Yes, and you can rate us on iTunes. That's super helpful. Yeah, that would be super great. Let people know what to expect. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. We'd love Leave to see that. Leave us a five-star that. review Woo! or not, but we like five stars. Five stars, the best. <laughs> Or 10 but also, honesty is the best policy. Mm-hmm. So, thanks for listening, guys. And our next episode, you will not want to miss. We are getting meta. So meta. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Here's the clip. So, who's Donna Reed? What? You don't know who Donna Reed is? The quintessential 50s mom with the perfect 50s family. Never without a smile and high heels. Hair that if you hit it with a hammer would crack? So, it's a show? It's a lifestyle. It's a religion.